Oh, yeah, podcast experience listeners. Welcome back to an episode of Nanit Podcast Experience. Today we have Rico with a K. He's a musician. Woo! There you go. He's a musician. <laughs> He's got a lot going on. He's going to definitely eventually start a little tour action. That's enough for me to let Rico introduce himself. Hello, everybody. My name is Rico with the K. Um, originally born in Miami, Florida, raised in T6, uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, but yeah, I'm a rapper. I've been rapping for about five years, singing for about 10. Um, yeah, Sue, what's up? <laughs> How much, my man? Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Uh, let's let's get into it. Uh, How did you start off in the music game and the rap game? Tell me what was your motivation and uh, what started it all. Um, well, honestly, ever since I was younger, I just loved being on stage. So I used to always like do speech contests or um, mm-hmm. always ran for some type of student government association. Like I just had to be in the spotlight. Um, and when I was maybe probably around like 13, I wrote my first song ever. And um, it was just for like a school little talent show, nothing serious. But I saw how it affected people. And I saw that, you know, you can actually make a difference in a change with music. So since then, like, I just, that's all I wanted to do, make a change with my music. That's it, man, and impacting others and uh, really getting the, not even so much the the talent down, but getting the process and figuring things out in early age is always good. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about now when it comes to singing and rapping, they're two different things because one's very flowy, the other one, it really depends on the vibe. So tell me what's the difference between when you learn your singing and rapping, what's some main differences for people who don't know that. Ooh, okay, well, first off, uh, singing, ain't nobody noticed me worth nothing. <laughs> like, nobody paid attention. Um, and then I just I started rapping, and I didn't know I was good at it. I didn't know at all. Like, I just wrote this little little rap, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, and from there, like, everything just went off. Um, singing, honestly, I stopped singing because singing is so emotional and it's so truthful. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people I kind of like hide from my truth sometimes. Wow, this is getting deep. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's <laughs> uh, so like with rapping, you know, no matter if I'm mad, happy, or sad, like I'm good. I can just do that with nothing. But singing, I just feel it. Like, so yeah. I got you. More uh, truth and deepness in the singing, whereas rapping, it's more spontaneity, creativity. Uh, Tell me what. Tell me some of the things you do to get some ideas of how to write lyrics and and what comes to mind of you when you write a rap song. Tell me some of the ideas, and inspiration. Um, well, everything really depends on the the beat or the instrumental because I get the vibes and tell the story that the music is telling me. Um, but nine times out of ten, I'm probably mad. Somebody doesn't you know mess with me or said something did something, and I just start writing. And no matter, I could be so angry because somebody just spit in my face but I can write you also the most beautiful, like, love song. So, like, it's the weirdest thing in the world for me, but the way that I go about everything is anger. Anger starts my, like, creative process. My creative juices start flowing, and I go all in. Interesting. Has that always been your personality, angry, or is it yelling? Yeah, like, uh, that's the thing. When it comes to my personality, I am I'm not angry at all. Like I'm the most positive person, the most like happy go lucky, um, most optimistic. But when it comes to music, I guess that's where my outlet is, and that's where I can freely express myself. So that's where my anger comes out at. Gosh, more of that passion, that more of that fiery side to get the uh, words on paper and then onto the studio. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about uh, the NC area, North Carolina, especially in Fayetteville. What's the music culture like? Oh, my God. It is. 
So to be honest with you, I left out of Fayetteville and I went to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I moved out to LA for a little bit, Miami for a little bit, and mm-hmm. I was just around a whole different like atmosphere, right? So mm-hmm. coming back here, I was just like, I'm not going to find the same environment that I found in these major cities. But when I got here, it is incredible. Like the talent is there. I guess because we're a small city and people overlook us, um, we go harder. Hmm. Or um, yeah, that, that's really what it is. We 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 know that we have to show out times ten. So like when I went out to a hip hop event, I didn't even perform. Like I just wanted to see like the environment or how everybody was, and it was just excellent. So um, yeah, hungry. Just think of hunger. Like everybody in North Carolina that is doing music, hungry. Like I can name artists right now that will drop songs each week, each day because they're hungry. So. I like it. Uh, you get you always uh, what's the word to strive for it, right? You, you guys are a little bit more of the under the radar underdog type city compared to like a big city like Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You have, so you have to strive for it. You can't almost uh, fight for what it's worth in a sense. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah, community too always important. So tell me a little bit about uh, how you started with your promotion sites before you even get into the album. Tell me how you promote your music on social and Spotify. I know it's a big app in the music game. Who? Um... Well, okay, first off, Instagram is my, like, biggest marketing tool. Like, mm-hmm. that is – that's the way I uh, network. I, like, book so many performances um, that way. Um, but if anything – and this is something that I'm even learning now, even to this day, is just Instagram, they have certain tools and things that you can use to push your music further. It's just all about doing your research and, yeah, this is the purpose for this tool, but I can rework it so that it works in my benefit and I can promote this song or – this video in this way. Um, so I've just always like put myself out there, tagged as many people as I could. Um, actually, like I, I started out hitting people up in their inboxes. Like, can you please just listen to this? Tell mm-hmm. me how you like this. Um, and one, it's, it, it opens up an environment for you to, to where it's like, okay, wow, he's really serious about his, his music stuff. Let me actually listen to this real quick. And we gain a relationship right there. So the next time I drop something, oh, this is 10 times better than the one you sent me the first time. Like, you do what you say, Reed. Like, go ahead, keep doing it. Um, so, yeah. Gotcha. So, it's a, in a sense, uh, you have that instant networking with Instagram, and then you can use that to feed off other platforms, is what I get. Yes. But the most important thing is actually walking getting outside of your phone and like walking into a mall or walking to an Mm. event or venue and meeting people face to face because i can create any type of life on instagram that i want but when i'm face to face in front of you and i'm saying listen to my song like that's something's completely totally different so yeah yeah that face to face so tell me actually it's a good brings up a good uh segue tell me a little bit about constructive criticism in your game and the music game how important that is to an artist uh to an artist or to me? <laughs> the artist, you, it doesn't uh, matter. Uh, honestly, constructive, to me, it's very important. I'm all about honesty. That's just how I live my everyday life. So if I contact you, like, hey, bro, like, I just recorded this song. Tell me what you think. I want mm-hmm. to know exactly how you feel. Don't sugarcoat it. Oh, you know, this is Reek. This is, you know, this is my friend. I'm going to, like, I don't want to hurt his feelings. No, nothing's going to hurt my feelings. I know that this country song that I wrote may not work for you, but I know this hip hop song that I wrote may work for you. You feel what I'm saying? Like music mm-hmm. is very subjective. So I take everything with a grain of salt. I appreciate it all. And I, um, I apply it. I always apply cr- constructive criticism. However, what I have noticed is with other artists, they are very sensitive about their music, very, very sensitive. Mm. And when, 
um, artists hit me up and ask me to give them, you know, my opinion, I have to tell them, like, for real, if you want me to give you my opinion, I'm going to give it to you. But if you want me to sugarcoat, I'm not going to listen to it because then at that point I'm doing you a, a disservice, you know, in a sense. So, yeah, it's very important. We need to hear it. No, 100%. You can't just think everything's good when it's something good. But then at the same time, sorry to cut you off times, um, if I ask you for your constructive criticism, thank you because I asked. But if I didn't ask for it, I don't need it because right. in my artistic environment that I'm setting up in my own head, I'm doing this for a reason, I'm doing this for a reason, I'm doing that for a reason. And if you're telling me it sounds horrible before you even hear what the reason is or before you even hear the whole album – it's like shutting down my ideas. You feel what I'm saying? Got you, got you. So it's almost like a, a chain of sense. Like it's almost like a common courtesy: ask and not asking. And depends on which the uh, depends on which the answers, right? And certain answers are gonna rub people the wrong way, as you said, with the sensitivity. And then certain things really do matter to make sure you can prove on a chord or a note, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. I got you. Yes, uh, so tell me what it's like, man. I know you. Uh, before we can get dive into the albums, how long does it take to produce, record, and do all the you know, external promotions for an album. How long does it take that process? Ooh. Okay, so for my first album, The Golden Ticket, um, I actually wrote it for four years. Holy moly. <laughs> I wrote it for four years, but I was performing each song, like, in between those four years just to, like, get how everybody felt about this one or, right. oh, they really like that one, I'm going to add that one. Or also just to see if it can stand the test of time. You feel what I'm saying? Like, majority of all the songs on my album I had for about four years, and I can still listen to it today and rock out to it, and I'm not tired of them yet. Um, but with me, it really depends. Because, like, I just went into the studio maybe about, like, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and I recorded, like, one verse within, like, 20 minutes, and I just walked out. And mm-hmm. that was, like, that was just the end of the song, and two other artists hopped on after it. Um but if it's album mode, oh, I take my time. Like, we will be there for hours, days, weeks, months, um, until I just feel like my emotion is conveyed or my story is told. So, Yeah, man, it, it definitely sounds like you not only take pride and passion, but it takes the work and it makes sure to get the right vibe going. Uh, tell me about your other the, the two hits you got going, or two singles, Retaliation and How You Win, and how that came about. Okay, so Retaliation was the first single off of The Golden Ticket, and um, honestly, I took a break from music for a year, and um, <laughs> during that break, like, I would just hear things, like, being said, you know, because within our independent music world, we have, like, an industry. It's an independent industry, so, like, we hear when people talk and say things, and um, right. people were just playing with my name. Like, people weren't taking me seriously. You know, people were saying things, and I just felt like, yo... I want to get disrespectful. I want to show my people not to mess with me, not to mess with my name. Um, and so I literally sat down. I heard this beat, and I just had this this uh, this line pop in my head. My ego getting big. I guess I caught that elephantitis. And from there, like retaliation was born. I did not expect for. I ain't going to say it sounds amazing, but I didn't ex- expect for it to sound as good as it did. And then I also didn't expect for it to get received as well as it did because, like, people were hitting me up, like, with lines and saying, yo, this is my favorite line, or, oh, my God, you did this. And then I was just like, wow, oh, my God, beautiful. And now even when I perform that song, bro, when I perform Retaliation, everyone sings that song with me, and it is, like, the most, like, hype moment of my life. Um, how you went in? Um, I heard the beat. I actually had that beat for a good minute, but I didn't know, I didn't know where to go with it because it was very like, 
uh, like safari. Like I just felt very like mm-hmm. loose. Um, and there was one day I was drinking. Don't judge my life. And you're good. You're good. <laughs> and uh, and I just kept saying it's like, how you winning with my name in your mouth? Like for real, like how you think you winning? You think you doing something? But every time somebody asks you, you know, how you get on and da 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 da, Rico, Rico put you mm. on. So literally, how are you winning? With my name in your mouth, and that like it just started from there. Um, each line, the second verse, oh my god, is like the my best verse of my life. I love it. Um, but yeah, that's how that everything came about. Very interesting in the sense that you took that year off. Anything in particular that you did in that year, other than music, that really motivated you to get back in the game or any vacations you took? Um, Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So honestly, whoo, gotta get deep again. Um, so I got in a relationship, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, you're an artist yourself. I mean, we do two different types of art, but still, we right. live a life that's different from everybody else. So, like, some people, when they get a check or – all right, just for an example, someone gives them $50. Their first their first thought is, my phone bill needs to be paid. Let me go pay my phone bill. With an artist, you hand me $50. Okay, I can put $20 inside of studio time, $20 into getting this shirt made so that when I go out, I can sell it and make $30. That – or something like that. You feel what I'm saying? Or for you, like you can get some type of equipment um, that would potentially help your business out ten times better. That was the issue, and that was the problem. My thought process was I was focused on my dream, also my love, but my love felt like I wasn't in a reality that they were in. You feel what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I just I, I I was kept being told, you know, you live in a dream world. You live in a dream world. You need to like. Like, I literally woke up and listened to every instrumental on my album back to back to back every morning. That bothered them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, like, being in that relationship, I felt like what I was doing, I needed to be a man. Like, it's time for me to, you know, get a serious job, you know, get in somebody's suit, cut this hair off, cut this beard off, and just, like, be a normal citizen. But um, after we broke up and I realized I lost a part of myself, I changed a lot about myself for that person, but music was a huge part of me. If I don't perform in over a certain amount of time, like I'm in a depressive state. I'm depressed. I got, like I need to get on the stage and wild out. Um, so yeah, I just not having it, not performing, not um, not having people hit me or having people hit me up. Hey, come on my radio show and I wanted to hear about what you're doing and da 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 da. And I'm telling them, well, I haven't really done anything. I'm on a break. You know right. that fuel, that fire. Hearing people um, that once looked up to me talk about me, you know, in a bad manner, that fueled my fire. Like, okay, let me go prove to these people real quick who I am and why I am and, and all of this. So, yeah. So in a sense, it was just the, one of those things where the fire, the game of not getting, you almost being out of the game on the sidelines, fired you and motivated you to get back in, in a sense. Yes, sir. Uh, tell me a little bit, actually, that's a good point. Tell me a little bit how, because we, we're both creators. Tell us about just the mental health aspect of, the music game is you're probably going to go yeah i know it's a deep one but just tell us like, what goes through your head when you're doing all this you're on a break just give us a little insight about that uh you know what's really crazy is mental health and the reason why i'm saying all this and this is because it is more important now than it has ever been before oh yeah okay um i'm the type of person um i'm a very positive person happy go lucky da 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 but, uh, like, when I'm in the spotlight for too long, or I try to – okay, so something that's very important to me is staying humble. 
Yeah. So after I perform and people are walking up to me, oh, my God, you did great. You're so amazing. And, like, people that I look up to, yo, you're the GOAT. Like, you're doing the thing, da 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 When they do that to me, I kind of hide under a rock. Like, oh, my God, let me not believe what they're saying because if I do, I'm going to become superficial, narcissistic, um, and I'm not going to be who I am, which is a humble person. Um so after performances, I literally lock myself up in my house, like, for two days. I have to recharge my batteries uh, because you're giving off so much energy to people. Like, that's literally mm. what you're doing as an artist. You're, you're giving your energy to everyone. And so, like, after I leave a venue, I don't have any for myself. You feel me? Um, now, recording processes and things like that, when it comes to a mental state, man, I've had to lock myself away. I've had to put my phone away so I can't worry or stress about you know, the outside world, because I'm already putting myself through all of these emotions to tell a story through music. You know, I don't want to have to deal with anybody else. But um, the most therapeutic thing is finishing a song and listening back to it and just thinking to yourself, like, wow, I did this. And that accomplishing feeling takes over any depressive state you've ever felt or anything like that. And that's why I love music so much. Yeah, it really does show the value of, uh, what do you call it, in a sense, staying humble, being humility, because the more humility you create, the more you can stay level-headed. You don't get the highs too high and the lows mm-hmm. too low. I got you there. Uh, so tell me, actually, this brings up a great segue before we get into the touring and all that. What is it like, just the process of going through that concert day? So you're, you're, you're about to hit the stage. Give us, like, the pregame routine of Rico with the K. Okay, so first off, I wake up and I'm probably already gonna be stressed out because either I didn't get an email or I have to send an email or I find a shirt. Um, it's very okay, no, let me take that all back. That's how my life used to be until I learned that rehearsing takes away hundred percent of the stress because I'm always mm. worried about what if I mess up, what if I mess up. So my whole entire day I can't even eat. Like, I'm trying to unclose, like, oh, my God, I don't like it. I want to try something else. Like, um, it messes with my mind. So now I rehearse every single day leading up until that day so that that day I'm good. All I have to do is put my clothes on, eat a meal. Um, but uh, nowadays, like, I'm starting to – I do, you know, do a little turn up, a little shot or two or something like that, and then get on stage, and it's like I just walk out. But um, it's just all about staying level-headed. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just making sure I'm good. I don't get – nowadays, do I get nervous? Do I get nervous? Yeah. Yeah, I get nervous. I get <laughs> heck of nervous. Like, I just – I'm like, y'all, I need to go sit down real quick. Um, but as soon as I get off that stage, I can't breathe. I'm, like, trying to sit down somewhere, trying to get water, find something. Um, so, yeah, it's just – it's just a regular day for me. Just I have a performance that night. No, I say that back because my phone is always going off. Somebody's asking about tickets. Somebody's asking what time. Somebody's, like, doing something. So, um, so yeah, it's a busy, hectic day. I got you, though. It definitely, at least you enjoy the process in a sense. Hey, at the end of the day, you got to put the, the the game face on with the fans out in the crowd, get the energy going, and you move on. I, I got you there, though. Uh, so now we'll talk a little bit about the October stuff you got planned. you got a lot coming mm. up uh, dropping a new single. It's obviously this is going to be an exclusive drop here on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about that and the, uh, the exclusiveness. Okay, so um, I low-key told myself after I dropped the golden ticket that I was not going to release any new music until my next album. But 
um, as I was like, I've been performing a lot, you know, these past couple of weeks, and I'm starting to realize, like, people actually know my songs, you feel what I'm saying? And people are starting to ask, like, hey, when we going to get some new Rico? We need some new Rico. I know all your stuff, man. Da-da-da-da. So I was like, you know what? Let me go on my bag. Um, and uh, I have this joint. Nobody knows the name yet. This is actually exclusive for you. It's called uh, it's called Dum Dum. Mm-hmm. So if you've heard Retaliation, it is Retaliation times 10. Um, so, like, this past summer after dropping my album, like, um, that same person I went that I took a break from music for, um, I ended up getting back with, thinking everything was different, da 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 but my life, like, changed. I went into a whole, like, depressive spiral. And um, I was just, like, listening to this beat this one time, and, like, these, like, words just, like, started coming out dumb-dumb. Like, I was just like, wow, dumb-dumb. Like, playing around, kept playing around with it. And I wrote this song that is just, like, the ish, and I can't wait for people to hear it. It's gonna be great. I wish I had a sample. I could. I should have sent you something so you could play like a little bit of it. But um, it's all good. But yeah, that's happening probably within the first week of October. But there's also another exclusive that I can't say because it might or may not. Like it may or may not happen. So we just gonna move on. No, no worries. That, that's great. Uh, so tell me the process now. Now that you say you're working releases, so you started to say, "Well, I wasn't gonna release it." Tell me the process of what just changed your mind and what was really the the message behind it. Um, there's a diff. Okay, when I made that decision that I didn't want to drop any music, I was at a different mind state. Uh, mm-hmm. After dropping an album and performing so much and meeting so many different artists and things like that, like. I put myself in a position to be at the top. Mm. And so, like, my outlook on life, I'm kind of looking at things. Wow, I've never had a conversation with anybody about this. Um, I'm looking at things from the top in my city. So, like, I just felt like I need to I need to keep proving why I say who I am. I need to keep proving to people that, oh, he is great. He is good. Or I need to keep performing. Because, like, one thing about me, nobody can take away the fact that I'm a, a great performer, okay? Nobody can say that. You can say my songs is whack. You can say this. You can say that. But performing-wise, nobody can take that away from me. Um, so I just want more material to perform. I want to give people a show. I'm about to start, like, having dances again. You know, like, I just want to entertain, and that's what this new music is all about, entertaining. It's telling people real stuff, you feel me? So, I got you, bro. No, it definitely is the uh, – it takes it takes your breath away, in a sense, right? You have different mindsets. You have different things going on, and you, you can still put the game face on and put the new songs out. Um, so now you're currently promoting Pronto featuring Deuce and Majestic. Uh, Tell me a little yes, about sir. that, and, and then we'll talk about the, how the music video portion a little bit later. But just tell me about that song and where it came from and the collaboration. All right, so um, the song itself came about, like, because I'm starting to realize that my time is really valuable. Like, it mm-hmm. is very valuable. Like, if if you ask me to come hang out with you, that means that I had to tell two other people that I can't do it. Or I told, or if I'm coming to record at your studio, that means I'm telling five other people I can't do something with them. So if I can't do those five other things with them, when I come to your studio, I need for everything to be prepared. I need for you to be about your business. I need for you to, like, know exactly what you're doing. If not, okay, cool, you're wasting my time. And if that's the case, Mm -hmm. my time is very valuable, and I want my money pronto. So, like, that's where that whole, like, concept or idea came from. And so um, I was 
about to perform, and it was supposed to just be an intro to for my new like shows and stuff like that. I was not going to release a song. I was just going to – because it was very hype. Um, and so I went into the studio. I literally had 20 minutes. Like, I pulled up. I was like, y'all, I have 20 minutes. Um, I have to go pick up my homegirl. If, like, I'm late, she's going to kill me. So I, like, went in. I recorded my verse. Da, 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 and Deuce and Majestic, they were in the studio. I was like, yo, man, we got like this. Like, they were rapping back, you know, my stuff. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, y'all, if y'all messing with it, definitely hop on it. So right. I hurried up, recorded my verse. Um, and they were writing before I left. And I was like, y'all, I just need y'all to add this, this, and this. Other than that, kill it. Do what you do. Man, I got that song that night. I was so turned. I was so hyped. Like, I was like, wow. And uh, when it comes to Majestic and Deuce, we've been friends since high school. Like, we all we all graduated at the same time. So it's very uh, – and everyone has been wondering when we were going to do a feature or a collaboration. And finally we did it, and I'm glad that it was so unexpected. Like, we didn't plan it. It was literally like, yo, I feel the vibe. I see where you're going for it, so I want to hop on it too. So, so yeah. So would you say, in a sense, that those moments of spontaneity created a more eternal happiness of the vibe, or was it just more you felt with the, the chemistry with the old high school buddies, you it got was, it going? Or it was a mixture of both? It was a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. It was literally – because, honestly, I'm the type of dude, if I record something with somebody, I I want I want all the files and everything before I leave the room. Because I know how people are. Like, I've been gym right. before where somebody has taken a song that I recorded, and it was singing – um, and they just took it and flipped it and released it and things like that. So I'm very, like, iffy. But if it wasn't because I knew these dudes and I trust these dudes, I love these dudes, I would have, like, it would have never happened if that wasn't the case. So, Gotcha, gotcha. It's, it's good perspective, right? You have both perspectives down the aisle. You can choose either route, and it seems like at the end of the day it worked out well. Uh, so tell me a little bit behind the scenes of making a music video. There's not many people – that we've done an interview that's done a music video. So tell me about the process of that and what it's been like. Well, um, all the music videos I've ever done, I've done two um, official music videos, and I've written every treatment. Um, literally, I just – okay, so when I write music, I think about me performing the songs, and I also think about, you know, visually what can go where. So I already have this figured out before um, – we I even lay the track down because I'm thinking about that as I'm writing it. Um, so like retaliation, the whole point of it is I want it to be in a very public place. I wanted because my whole thing is like you can't find me no matter where I'm at. I could be right in front of your face, you still can't find me. You can't see me. Like I'm on a whole different level. I'm on a whole different trajectory than what you think you are. Um, so I was like, you know what? Put me on a median. I want to be in a median. I want a fur. Like I just I want to feel so majestic and 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 royal. In school. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's where that video kept, concept came from. Um, I did another video called Murder It. Um, it was on top of a um, on a uh, on top of a parking deck at the highest level. You know, and that was symbolizing like, you know, I'm here, I'm here. You know, and the song was all about modeling and stuff. So I had models and stuff like that. It's just it's just all about visually getting my like my my story out, basically. In the environment, right, right, right. Uh, so tell me, what was the favorite? What was your favorite part when you filmed the, uh, those two music videos prior, leading up to this one? Any favorite part in particular? Uh, I think like definitely retaliation. Just the fact that I had this big fur coat on and I'm in the middle of Fayetteville, <laughs> <laughs> and people are just passing by, looking, beeping their horns, and I was just like, wow, like 
this is the start of something. Like, I knew I was starting something, but I didn't know it then. You feel me? So, yeah, that. And then the um, Murder It, I think just the whole experience, just all together, because that was my first music video. I was just very, um, I was like a little kid at, in a candy store, like, just so excited. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, but just the overall video, yeah. Gotcha. The Rico with the K Revolution starting now. There you go. I like that. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, so the big thing now, this is something that we've, we haven't done many of these interviews with the tour and starting your own tour specifically. What's been the whole process like of starting your own tour? And tell me what it takes the daily grind to get that going. Now, um, this year was my first time ever going on tour at all. So I've been doing music for 10 years, and I performed at different venues and things like that, but I've never been on tour. And earlier this year, um, this label that I'm signed to now is called Flex Records. Um, they asked me to be a part of their um, tour, Fed Billions tour. And um, just being behind the scenes and seeing how everything was ran and stuff like that, I was like, wow, if this is all that it takes, you know, to put a tour together, I could have been did this five years ago. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? But at the same time, I didn't have the reach or the audience that I have now. So I've told myself, like, just sit down, keep promoting yourself, keep reaching out, gain a bigger audience so that when you do announce your tour, it's like, oh, okay, we're coming to Rico's show. He's going to be in Charlotte or Fayetteville this day. Da, 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 da. So, uh, yeah, I've just been learning. I've been trying to learn before we um, actually get onto my tour because I've seen, I've seen things go wrong on this tour I went in earlier this year. Um, but that's music business. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah. What's the big? What's the biggest uh, lesson you learned doing the tour in the business side? Anything? Any particular lesson you learned through experience on the business side? Um, just communicating with venues and hosts. Mm-hmm. That's just you know making sure they understand what you have going on and making sure they understand what you and what you have going on and what you need. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's just communication. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, is, is it just you on tour? Do you have anybody else with you? Or how, what's your team like? So, you do have, have anybody, yeah. Okay, so I'm actually about to go on two tours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, it's going to be a label tour uh, for Majestic. He's actually going on uh, He's going on tour, but that's not confirmed yet, so I can't really say that yet. Uh, uh, and then we're, ha- we have the Golden Ticket Tour. <clears throat> well, actually, we changed the name of it. It's called the Long Live Reek Tour. Okay. Um, I forgot the question. What was the question? I'm sorry. No, uh, just, <laughs> it's all good, man. Who, who oh, who's got? on it? Yeah, who's on the team? Yeah. In the sense. Um, so I do have one artist confirmed. Her name is Divine Beauty. Um, and she is a beauty. Oh my God, her voice is just so freaking amazing. I'm gonna shout her out right now. Hey, Divine Beauty. Um, but uh, and then I have one other slot, and I don't know. I don't know yet because Fayetteville has so many talented artists that like. I want to choose someone that needs to – I don't want to choose anybody that has already been out, that's already been touring and stuff like that. Like, I want somebody that needs a break, somebody that needs a, that one chance to, like, see what it's like to perform continuously. Like, the next day you have a next show. The next day you're traveling in Charlotte. Next day you're traveling to Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, I'm still scouting right now. Gotcha, a little scouting action. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, as far as uh, when it comes to – just the way you handle yourself when you're reaching out to people, the collaboration aspect. Like, do you have any have any t- tactics or strategies to handle collaborations to get the best results? Um, well, if anything, I will a foundation definitely because mm-hmm. I'm definitely not about to hop on some song with somebody that I don't know. You feel what I'm saying? Gotcha, um, yeah. 
So I, I tend to, like if it's on Instagram or something, I'll actually listen to people's music. I'll watch their videos. And if I really dig it, like I'll hit them up. Like, yo, bro, like your, your music is really great. Like it's really dope. Da, 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 da. And then from there, he'll probably go check my stuff out. Or if he hasn't heard of me already, he's like, yo, like you dope too. Let's like, we need to work on something. <laughs> um, so that that's how it normally happens. I don't really have tactics. I haven't done many collaborations. Interesting. Mm. So he was more, scared to put me on their songs. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, more of a behind the scenes in a sense. Maybe more will be coming down the road after these interviews and after oh, the tour. Definitely. After the tour, gives you that credibility. Uh, and that's what was my next point. Is how big is the reputation, the credibility in the music game? Is it, is it is it all to end all, or is it very high regarded? Because that's what gets you the most collaborations, the most attention, as far as credibility and reputation. Mm. I'll be honest. See, I'm I'm very part. I'm I'm not I'm not like everybody else because everybody else does this for fame. I don't do this for fame. Right. I am 100% content where I am right now with my name. Now, like I perform, people come to my shows. I'm Gucci. Um. So like my reputation. Uh. I just I do this for the respect. Okay. So like, that's 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 the the main thing. Um, I care about, I don't, I'm not about to hide my lover because I don't want anybody to talk about them in a song or just anything like that. Like, it, it doesn't matter to me. I think that's how we do. I got you. No, absolutely, man. I, I think that's a great way to look at it, right? Because you're just doing it for the respect. You're doing it for the people you know, who take the time out of their day to say something nice or to come out to the show. I think that's important rather than doing it for the glitz and the glamour. I got you. Yes, sir. Uh, so tell me, tell me a little about when you first started out. What advice you can give to somebody who's just starting out now in the music game? Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, best advice. I got two. One, know yourself. At least have a starting point of who you think you are, because this music industry will literally take you. They're going to perceive what they think you should be. They're going to shove it inside of your head until you feel like, oh, that's what I need to be. And then when you start being it and you realize it's not working for you, that's when you go back to being yourself. So if you know who you are, you're good. Um, Two, have a plan. Mm -hmm. Like I literally – I mean my plan may change every day I wake up or whatever, but I at least have a plan. I have a starting point. And that's, like, very important to me. Um, and then three, I said two, but I have one last thing, marketing. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Something that I learned, um, like, while living in Atlanta, like, I used to be on radio shows and stuff. They used to fuss me out, like, what's your Instagram name? I used to be, like, Rick the Don, or, like, it would be completely different from what my stage name is. And they used to fuss me out because they're, like, all of your social media handles need to be the same exact thing so that if I'm looking for you, it's easy. Right. So if your stage name is um, – Cut boy, but your Instagram name is Quarterhead. Your Snapchat name is uh, Nike, and then your Twitter name is you know Fool. Ain't nobody gonna be able to find you. Like they're gonna have to actually. Oh, forget it. He'll come up one of these days. You feel what I'm saying? So marketing, having all of your social media handles the same. That's like very important. I think how how important is experience too? Just getting those hard moments in the beginning, taking those not so much else, but taking those learning experiences to get you further down the road. How big was that um, for you when you started out? That was very, that was very important. 
to me. Like, and that's why I ran to any stage I could. Like, I don't care if it was a two by four, a little ply, a piece of plywood. Like, mm-hmm. I will get on it. I will perform it. Um, and you know, it's all that experience. I've had mics stop on me. I've had DJs equipment, you know, stop working or things like that. But now back in the day, I would freak out and I would stop performing. I would walk off, but now I know how to handle it. I know how to like gain the attention of a crowd. I know how to keep it. I know how to maneuver or manipulate it. Um, so it's all about experience. Gotcha, and gotcha. also research and research. Cause I studied the music industry. I studied all of the greats. I've, I've studied why they were, the way they were. Like, I picked up bits and pieces from everybody, male or female, rapper or singer or dancer or actress or actor, you know, like, so, yeah. Gotcha. Now, now it's important to study the game, right? I think anything you do, the more you study, the more you take time to take those 20 minutes a day, even just to research a little bit, it'll get you progressing further, especially in the marketing terms, right? The marketing is changing by the sense of a second because of the way technology works. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, so tell me a little bit, what, what, a couple more things here. Is that just your support system? What kind of support system do you have, and how important it is to make sure in those oh, days when, when, yeah, just the accountability partners in a sense. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so I have the best friends in the whole entire world. Um, like, and I put that on my whole entire life. Um, you are you hang around, and so I make sure I keep my friend. I like keep the same people that are like me. So I told you I'm optimistic. I'm goofy. Um, if I see you're having a bad day, I'm going to try to make you laugh no matter what. Like you can tell me, shut up. You can hit me and tell me to get out. I'm still going to try to make you laugh. And my friends are the exact same way. Um, like I have just different, I have this, my best friend in the whole world, Lagori. like literally if I'm in a depressive state or something like that, like, yo, I'm outside getting us out of the car. We're going to Myrtle beach. Uh, like he he's one of those type of people or um, majority of my like best friends are females. They're very nurturing. Go, yo, Rico, did you eat today? Are you good? Yeah. You know, they just ask me questions, you know, to make sure that I'm good. And if I didn't have them on some real stuff, man, I'll probably be dead at this moment in time if it wasn't for my friends. So my support system is very important to me and I really appreciate it. Um, another thing, just to bring this up, um, yeah, go for about it, go for a week it. ago, this, uh, this event coordinator was trying to put together an event and he wanted to get um, like people's opinions on who should perform or whatever. So he had to tag in, you know, certain people. Then he was like, all right, well, now I want you to tag out of this list of people who you want to see perform. So you had to vote for who you want to see perform. And I've never done something like that, but people really showed out for me. And I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to those people, because if it was not for you, I wouldn't be performing at, you know, these events that are coming up or anything like that. Uh, but that love and that support is just so real. Thank you. Whew. No, I pre- appreciate you staying real like that, bro, because it takes, first of all, it takes a lot of courage for you to say that. And number two, I, I'm sure when your friend's here and you send the link, they'll be more appreciative to say that, listen, this is our man. We got your back. Mm-hmm. That's important. Uh, and, and it goes back to the mental health, too, right? Because if you don't have yes. good friends and support systems, your mental health can deteriorate, for sure. Yes, definitely. Um, so I know it's hard to look down the road, but tell me what your end-of-year goal plan for this year and then a couple of years down the road, where the Rico with the K brand will be with the music and touring. Okay, so uh, the end of the end of the year go, I just want to continue to promote the Golden Ticket. You know, this is the Golden Ticket year, so I want to, uh, we're going to go on tour towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. um, like November, December, um, get all of the Golden Ticket juice out that I have, and then uh, January 1st, it's like straight into the Golden Heart. Um, so right now, I'm working on something I call the Golden Trilogy. 
Um, I have the Golden Ticket. Next up will be the Golden Heart, and then the last one will be the Golden One. Um, and my main thought process of these this trilogy is, I know that the Golden Ticket, my album was good, but I knew that I'm going to need three of these to make some type of impact in the mainstream music industry. Mm. So, um, Golden Ticket was this year. Golden Heart will be next year. I mean, I probably might actually just have the Golden One come out, you know, towards the end of next year as well, so I can just complete this chapter and keep it moving. But by the third album of mine, I plan on being signed to a mainstream label. That is my prophecy I'm setting for myself. Ooh, well, mainstream action, I like that. So it sounds like you're taking this very uh, this proactive approach at the end of the year, still promoting, doing your thing, and eventually just get things going. There you go. Definitely, yeah, we just started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's definitely, yeah, it's time to, I, I want to close this year out with the bang. I started off with the good one, and now it's just, it's time to close it out. And I feel like Dum Dum is definitely going to be that one. We need to have another interview when Dum Dum come out, because I promise <laughs> you, it's going to be hot, okay? I got you, I got you. Uh, and before I forgot, I forgot to mention this, I just wonder with this. So tell me a little bit about, uh, growing up in Miami and some of the experiences you learned there and also in Atlanta before we head out? Um, whew, um, the most beautiful thing is just I was always scared to leave home because my mother was domestically abused and she had, like, breast cancer and things like that. And so, like, I, I was just always scared to leave by her side. And finally branching off and going to, you know, Miami or going to L.A. or going to Atlanta and performing my craft and being around different vibes of people, it gave me certification and validation that, wow, this is for me, or wow, I can do this. Like, cause and when you're a Fayetteville going into Atlanta, you automatically assume or you think, wow, this dude's from Atlanta. He's gonna be totally amazing. He's gonna crush me and da 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 da. But mm-hmm. as soon as I got on that stage, it was a completely different story. So um, I just I gained so much networking experience, like, cause I was out there on my own. Like I. I had to find a roommate on my own, you know, things like that. Like, I had to go to the studio, pay for the studio on my own. I had to book my own performances. And so, like, now I'm at a spot where I can, you know, I'm good. I know how to how to maneuver. I know how to, you know, manipulate in a good way um, and do what we need to do. But, yeah. There you go, man. Experiences. I think it's been the whole uh, theme through this interview. Experiences over you know, any type of uh, failure. It's more just the experience factor will get you past the learning curve. Uh, thank you, my man, for taking time out of your day. But before we go, as we talked about, you want to plug those social handles so people can find you? Yes. All right, everybody. You can find me on Instagram at It's Rico with the K. That's at I-T-S-R-I-K-O-W-I-T-H-A-K. Um, you can find me on YouTube, same thing, Twitter, same thing. Uh, Facebook, same thing. Um, so it's Rico with the K. That's the only thing you need to worry about. Or if you can't remember that, just go to Google, type in Rico with the K. Something of mine will pop up. I know that for a fact. There it is. Thank you, Rico. I appreciate you guys. As always, through the podcast experience listeners, we're taking time out of your day to listen to these great creators of the world. Well, man, it's been a pleasure. Thank you again, brother. Thank you. You have a wonderful day, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us today on the United Podcast Experience. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe so that way you can stay up to date with all of our guests. Check the description for all the links pertaining to everything discussed today. And if you want to be promoted or know somebody who should be, reach out to us 
at the United Promotion on Instagram. And be sure to follow us there as well to stay up to date with all of our guests. <laughs>